We hope you enjoyed this message from Church on the Lake by Pastor Mike Cooper. Open your Bibles to Proverbs 29.18. And in case you didn't hear me just a moment ago, the title of our Bible study tonight is Fill Your Soul with the Holy Spirit. Pat just said that she was praying for that as she was on her way to church tonight, that God would, would pour out or the fire, that the fire of the Holy Spirit would come. And he told her, it's already there. Amen. And I said, that's exactly what we're talking about tonight. So that's good. Proverbs 29, 18. And this has been our text for our Bible study over these last five weeks. When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. And over the last four weeks, we've talked about joy filling our soul, peace filling our soul, love filling our soul, faith filling our soul. That's all heaven's bliss. And of course, the Holy Spirit is heaven's bliss. So when you follow the revelation of the word, the word as it's opened up to you, as it's shared with you, as, as it becomes something that you understand, then heaven's bliss fills your soul. And so tonight it's the Holy Spirit. And I want to take just a few minutes because I think that it's always good <clears throat> because it's so easy to misunderstand the Holy Spirit, to misunderstand being filled with the Spirit, to misunderstand what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. So it's always good to just take a moment and rehearse and remember and remind how this all works. Day one of the church. Everybody know what day one was? The day Jesus rose from the dead. That's when this all began. So imagine you've been a part of this church, or a church that's been around since Jesus rose from the dead. That's pretty good. You got a little history behind you. And it's, I think it's important. I want to stop just for a minute. I wasn't going to say this, but it's important to note that the church is not something new. From the day that Jesus rose from the dead, the church of Jesus Christ has been alive. That's day one. The Lord on day one of his resurrection breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Day one. Receive the Holy Spirit. Day 50. So our church actually has a history that you can follow. And on the 50th day of the church, on the 50th day of the church, it was the day of Pentecost, the Jewish celebration Pentecost. And on the 50th day of the church, after the, the disciples had 
had been waiting on God. It was 10 days after Jesus had ascended to heaven. Jesus had ascended to heaven on day 40 of the church. So on the 40th day of the history of the church, Jesus ascends into heaven. On the 50th day after a 10-day prayer meeting in the upper room. You recognize that, right? Upper room, 120. 120 of his closest disciples had spent those 10 days in the upper room. And what were they doing? They were waiting for the promise of the Father. So let me back up to day one. If Jesus breathing on them and saying, receive the Holy Spirit, wasn't the promise of the Father, that means the promise of the Father was still coming. And that's what they were waiting for. On day one, he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. But on day 50, he poured out his Spirit on them. And they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that's where the phrase, the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes from. So on your day one of being a believer, he fills you with the Holy Spirit. You cannot get saved without the Holy Spirit drawing you. Then there is a special outpouring that he has for you called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it is the fulfillment of the promise of the Father. So just like the church as a whole, day one, filled with the Spirit. Day 50, outpouring baptism of the Holy Spirit. He has both experiences for you. And they're good. For me, day one was November the 6th, 1978. It was a Monday night. Monday night. And I showed up in my half jersey, because back then it was cool. If you cut the bottom part of your jersey out and you showed off those muscles underneath of it that I used to have, <laughs> that, that six-pack that used to reside under there. And, but, you know, you had, your shirt had to come almost to your belt it was just the idea that if you lifted your arm, they could see your pecs, you know, and wow. And I had on, they used to have these jeans called Britannias. Some of you will remember Britannias. And I had my Britannia jeans on. And I had my, I actually had football shoes on that you could wear to school. So because we played on AstroTurf, you could actually wear your football shoes to school because they were really cool because who got to wear AstroTurf shoes except the football players? So I had my, my football shoes on. I had my Britannias on. I had my half football jersey on. And I was going to meet with Becky Hooker. <laughs> Becky Hooker never showed. Becky Hooker's been married to Jim Ogden for 41 years. I'm so glad that she married him. But on that night, that was day one of history for me in the church. Y'all got that? So the day you get saved, that's your day one. See how this kind of works? The Holy Spirit drew me and it filled me that night. 
For me, the day of Pentecost was July 23rd, 1980. It was a Wednesday night. I was in a church just like this, a Grace International Church. I don't know if Liz was there that night, but I was sitting right up towards the front over here, and a missionary named Norman Parrish was preaching that night. Norman was our missionary for many years to Guatemala. Today, his son Dario is still our missionary today. 40-some years later, Dario, about my age, Dario's about my age, his father and his grandfather were all uh, Grace International missionaries. So great heritage. And Norman was preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as a teenager... I was drinking it up because, man, I wanted some of that fire. I, I wanted some of that Holy Ghost fire. I, I wanted what God had. And I already told you that it took me a while to find my home church. I had found it about a month before on Father's Day. Now it's July 23rd. I'm really just hearing about the Holy Spirit for the very first time and the baptism. And I answered the altar call, and I started speaking in tongues that night. And <laughs> I just couldn't stop. I mean, I, I, I got going, and Norman said, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Now, now, our altar calls went a long time anyway, but he said, keep praying, so I just kept praying. Keep, don't, don't let the devil steal your language. And so I spoke it all the way home, went out the front door speaking in tongues, Went home, speaking in tongues. My parents thought I'd lost my brains. What on earth have you done, son? Now, dad and all the family had went to church with me on Father's Day, but they hadn't been back. I had. And now I was a holy roller, and they thought I was plumb nuts. And I know I've told this story many times, but I lived out in a little camper outside of my parents' house, and I went and got in the camper, and it was a, a tiny camper. So remember Ford Courier pickups? Remember those, the little tiny Fords? The camper fit on the back of that. That's how little it was. And so, you know, the bed, the, the, the bed that was up top, it couldn't have been much more than this from the ceiling. And I was laying there just like this, and I was speaking in tongues. And I spoke in tongues so long that the condensation from my mouth caused it to rain on me in the camper. It literally just started pouring, just pouring. So I had to get out of bed. My bed was getting all wet. I get out of bed. I'm still speaking in tongues. So I decided, I only lived about a mile from the church. We lived up on the top of the hill. The church was at the bottom of the hill. I walked back down to the church. And I was sitting on the front porch of the church speaking in tongues. And here comes my dad. And we had a 78 Ford Thunderbird, the first year that they had the electric windows. And he drives up, he's on the driver, and he, he, the window goes down. Come on, son. I mean, my dad thought I was nuts. The exciting thing is that in November of that same year, my dad got saved. And on the same night that he got saved, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. So his, his day one and his Pentecost were the same day. 
he had, he had them both on the same day. That's pretty cool. And by January, we were all in India, and my dad got water baptized while we were in India in January of that next year. It was a pretty exciting time in the Hooper family. So I want you to see, Holy Spirit poured out day one, poured out day 50 for you. Your day of salvation is your day one. The day you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that's your day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is the intelligence of God. So if you're filling your soul with the Holy Spirit, you are filling your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions with the intelligence of God. Let that just hit you, okay? I know you're going. What I just told you, that was profound. See, the Holy Spirit has the power you need to live an overcoming life in this world. You're filled, the Holy Spirit fills you with the intelligence of God. So open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. I know you know this, this, these two verses, but I want you to hear it with the backdrop of what I've just shared about the Holy Spirit and what I just said about the Holy Spirit is the intelligence of God and he has the power you need to live an overcoming life in this world. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. This is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine, these things are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. Can I just read that again? Because I, I really want you to get this. Things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. Let me say it again. Things never discovered, hear that? Or heard of before, Things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. That's y'all. He has things for you that have never been discovered. For you. 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 He has things never heard of before. For you, he has things beyond your ability to imagine. Oh, that's good. And in the Old Testament, it was said this way as if eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither is entered in the heart of man what God has in store. But this is where it all changes. But God now unveils these profound realities to us. How? By the Spirit. How do you get things that have never been discovered or hear things that have never been heard before or imagine things beyond what you've ever imagined? They are given to you by the capital S Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries 
through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. I could spend a week in that verse right there. When you follow the revelation of the word, this has been from our text, when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. What I just read to you is heaven's bliss. And, and it's, not, it's not like this. Okay, maybe, maybe you would get a little kick out of this. Tonight on Oak Island Mysteries. And if you've ever watched the mystery of Oak Island, you wait every time. What's going to happen? What are they going to discover? Next time on the mystery of Oak Island. But with the Holy Spirit, it isn't like that. He is constantly revealing his word and he's opening his treasure box and he's showing us the way to his mysteries and he's showing his way to things that have never been heard and things that have never been seen and things that have never even been imagined. The Holy Spirit can help you with all of the struggles you face in your soul. Now, I have one other verse that's been our text for this series, and I want you to see how relevant it is to use it every week when we talk about heaven's bliss filling our soul, and our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions, James chapter 1, verse 21. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure. So think of that in the backdrop of what I just said about the Holy Spirit. This is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. And I've also been reading that in the New King James. Therefore, lay aside, because of everything we've talked about about the Holy Spirit, therefore, because of that, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotion. Sunday, I talked about paradise lost. Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. And when they were created, they were created as a spirit, a soul, and a body. They were able to commune with God because they were created to do so because they were a spirit. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Are you tracking with me? So their spirit was the most important part of who they were. Think of how that would change your life if the spirit in you was the most important part of you. If the spirit in you was controlling the soul in you. And if the spirit in you was controlling your physical body. 
Oh, that's good. When they fell, when they lost paradise, that spirit that connected them to God died. They were separated from his presence. They could no longer commune with God like they could before. Now they were a soul and a body. Their nature, please hear this, their nature then was to please themselves as that was the true nature of their fall. So instead of being led by the Spirit and the Spirit controlling the soul and the soul controlling the body, now they were controlled by their soul and their body. And whatever they fed the most is what controlled them. The the nature of their fall was this. I can do this myself. What was the fall of Adam and Eve? It wasn't an apple. It was, I can do this myself. I can do this. Think about that. That is what, (laughs) when their eyes were opened, why were their eyes opened? Because they decided that they could do it themselves instead of doing it God's way. Because God said, in the day that you eat of that fruit, you shall surely die. And Satan said, did God really say that you would die? I mean, come on, really? Because what he wants you to really know is you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. So the nature of their fall was, I can do this myself. Why does our soul need to be saved? Here it is. Because your mind, your will, and your emotions want to be God. Think about that. Okay, follow me with this. If I get mad, then I use my anger to get my way. Are you with me? And I could even murder someone if they make me mad enough. Because if I'm mad enough, and you get me angry enough, and I want my way enough, then I could even kill somebody. Why? Because my soul wants to be God. Do you see how sin progresses? If I want something, and I'm told No, I just do it anyway. And then I lie when asked about it. Why? Because my soul wants to be God. I can do this myself. Now, most all of you are old enough for me to say this next part, so I'm If I get sexually aroused and my spouse doesn't want to have sex with me, 
I view pornography and please myself, what I'm saying is I can do this myself. Do you see the true nature? Do you see what happened to Adam and Eve when they lost the spirit? Now they were controlled by their mind, their will, and their emotions that knew both good and evil, and they wanted to be like God. No, they wanted to be God. And that was the fall. Revenge, lying, perversion. Our soul is in the nature, hear this, our soul is in the nature of our father. What are you talking about? For when Adam sinned, he surrendered to who? The God of this world. Y'all see that? So when Adam sinned, he literally bowed down to the devil. He turned his back on God. He disobeyed the written, the, 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 the word of God. He disobeyed the word of God, which is Jesus. He turned his back on Jesus and he embraced the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, bowing down to the God of this world, which is the devil. When we come to God and see that he is the true king, let me do a rewind so that you can connect the dots. Remember the righteous revolution? When we have a right understanding of who God is as our loving Father, then we can receive him by faith. He then gives us the power to become sons and daughters of God. That's how we get out of Adam's race and we come into Christ's race. Y'all with me? So we receive him by faith. And he gives us the power to become sons and daughters of God. So instead of being sons and daughters of the devil, we are now sons and daughters of God. Whew. What a transformation. Remember, it says this. He gives us the power to become sons and daughters of God. How? Our spirit is born again. And there it is. What is born? When you say, I've been born again. When you say, I've been born again. What does that mean? It means that you get to have paradise found. You get back what Adam and Eve had before the fall. And now you are a spirit, a soul, and a body. This is the best news ever. You've been born again. You're no longer that person who was bowing at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as a son of the devil. You are now a son and a daughter of God and you are eating from the tree of life. And you're a spirit, a soul, and a body. Remember, when we say you must be born again, what happens on day one of your born again experience? The Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit is what brings your spirit back to life. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead raises you from the dead. November 6th, 1978, 
I got born again. I got raised from the dead. I went home in my Britannia jeans and half football shirt and football shoes, and I was a brand new man. 16-year-old kid. Whew. You are the church, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are all these things kind of connected? I'm hoping that it's just like ding, 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 ding. The Holy Spirit is what brings your spirit to life. Let's see it in Titus chapter 3, verse 6. So everything I just told you, hear it from the word. He saved us. Here it is. Resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. There's that born again experience. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit whom he splashed over us richly by Jesus, the Messiah, our life giver. If you never understood what it meant to be born again, you now know. I don't think I could have explained it any better in the sense of what it actually means and, and how it all happened and why it needed to happen. Your relationship with God at the highest level, hear this, is a spiritual relationship where the spirit in you is activated by the Holy Spirit when faith takes hold of the word of God. Remember that Jesus is the word of God. The Holy Spirit is always pointing to Jesus, the word. And the word is always pointing to the Father. Isn't that awesome? When the spirit in you is aligned with the Holy Spirit, then the word is engrafted in you and it saves your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. What happens is the spirit now becomes the ruler, your spirit that is alive in Christ now rules your soul. Because your soul was ruling. Everything I just said, that's what your soul would do. I can do this myself. I'll do it any way I want. Then the word is engrafted in you. It saves your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And this is an ongoing process as you hear the word. And this brings in what we talked about last week with faith. Faith comes by hearing. Faith is birthed in a heart that responds. So that's the two translations. King James, faith comes by hearing. The passion, faith is birthed in a heart that responds. Hearing and allowing our heart to respond. Romans 10, 17. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. So who are we responding to? Jesus. He's the anointed words of the anointed one. He is the word. Let me just say that when you fill your soul with the Holy Spirit, your earthly relationships 
can be at the highest level. And this is kind of how I want to bring it. I'm going to use this part, your, your spiritual relationships. Kind of close it up with this over these last 10 minutes. Yes, Liz and I began our relationship as a physical attraction. I was attracted to her. She was attracted to me physically. We, we caught each other's eye. It took me a long time, but I finally opened my eyes and saw her. First, I had to remember her name. Took me a long time to remember Liz's name. But once I remembered her name, everything changed. Yes, we developed our relationship by talking and getting to know each other, um, our ways, our thoughts, at a soul level, mind, will, and emotion. We, we had hours of letters and talking and, you know, just everything. But what has connected us so strong is the spiritual bond that we have with each other. It's the prayer. It's the devotions that bring our spirit together. And even though over all of our marriage, we did our very best to do those things, I would say when we started biblically meditating that it took it to another level. Because every day now we share with each other what we biblically meditated on that morning. So this morning, I shared with her out of Psalms. She shared with me out of Song of Solomon. She shared her meditation, I shared mine. After she shared hers, then I shared with a lot of people that I love Song of Solomon today because it was like, wow, that's the word of God for today. That was Liz's meditation, but I took hold of it, it became mine. When you have the spirit connection, then the emotional connection is that much stronger and the physical connection is even greater. So outside of marriage, I want us to just talk about church friends for a moment. I believe if we connect at the spirit level, with each other, then we can develop lifelong eternal friendships. But oftentimes, church friends just aren't very good friends. Why is that? Because oftentimes we try to connect just through the physical. Like, let's say I'm a golfer and I want to go golfing a lot. And so I go golfing with my Christian friends. That's a good activity. It's, I'm, not, I'm not knocking this. But if that's the only connection we have is golf, then it's just a physical connection. You see what I'm saying? If, if I get together with some of my Christian friends and I just talk, and we get together on a soul level, that's good. It's, it's important to have 
friends that you can talk to. But if I only connect at that level, then I'm not connecting at a spiritual level. The overarching theme to me is to connect to God with each other through prayer, through spiritual means. And then when you're together for talks or you're together for golf, it has a higher purpose. Does that make sense? See, this is the deepest level of friendship. We are sons and daughters of the Father. So we must connect through the Father in order to have the highest level of friendship. The world tries to sell us that we are all just best friends. We can all be best friends. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't have time to have all best friends. Right? But we can honor one another by honoring the Father that is in one another. By doing so, we actually develop a higher or deeper level of friendship. And that's the kind of friends that I have been able to develop over the years that have been like iron sharpens iron. I know you've heard me talk about Dr. Todd. Uh, mentored him for over 20 years. And I mean, we could, we could share with each other anything, anything. And it was at such a high level of, of, of spiritual intimacy that it, we could challenge each other. We could, we could talk through things at a high level. And the Holy Spirit allows you to have those kinds of relationships. And I have relationships like that with many pastors that we're able to pick up right where we left off and, and there's that connection in the spirit that God gives you. So friendship, when the Holy Spirit is filling your soul, it fills your soul with heaven's bliss. So I got four minutes and here's my last part. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the secret weapon for filling your soul with bliss. It's the secret weapon. It is what activates your prayer life. It's what gives you intercession. It's what empowers your witness. It's what activates the gifts that God's put within you. And it's what allows you to have fresh revelation. So just think about these five things I just said. Prayer, the Holy Spirit is the secret weapon for you to have an incredible prayer life. The Holy Spirit is the secret weapon for you to be a powerful intercessor. The Holy Spirit is the secret weapon for you to be a great witness for the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is what activates the gifts that he has put within you. The gifts that we see experience and experience here at Church on the Lake are put there by the Holy Spirit. And then, when you have fresh revelation, where you hear something, it's like, 
la, 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 and all, you know, bells and whistles and lights and everything. It just brings it all alive. Now, I will deal with all the super, I will deal with all the supernatural aspects of these things I just mentioned in the upcoming series at the end of this month called Supernatural. And that starts on Sunday, February 20th. So if I made you a little bit hungry tonight for more of the Holy Spirit or you want to learn more about the supernatural power of God, that's what um, this new series coming up will be all about. I knew we could only touch on a bunch of stuff tonight and, and lay the groundwork of what it really is and what it all has become. But now we can kind of dig in as we go into our new series. So encourage you to get excited for the supernatural. So Heavenly Father, thank you for this study tonight on the Holy Spirit. And Lord, may the Holy Spirit fill every one of our souls. And may we be filled with heaven's bliss as a result. God, I just pray for those that are here that have never experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that they will begin to seek it. They will begin to pray for it. They'll begin to search it out in the word of God. And they will be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray for a fresh outpouring upon their life. And Lord, it may come here at this altar, some service. It may come by their bedside at night. It may come while they're driving down the road. But whenever you cause that day of Pentecost to come for them, Lord, may they experience all the fullness that you have for them. I thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the born-again experience and the baptism experience. And I just give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, for those that can, we're going to move tape, 12 tables. Thank you for listening today. May you, the son or daughter of the Father, know the true love of Jesus Christ and understand your true identity as a royal member of his family. If you live in Polk, San Jacinto, or Trinity County in Texas, consider joining us live at 8125 U.S. Highway 190 West in Livingston. We have services Sunday at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Like us on Facebook, and if you would like to partner with us, check us out online at cotl.live.